train a coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck. This is the Bennett Brothers podcast for the DC FU film, The Suicide Squad. And I am the Jerry Bennett. And I am the Joel Bennett. Thank you for joining us as we delve deep into this latest DC movie offering. We're going to talk about the Suicide Squad, spoil the heck out of it, talk about its connections to the bigger DC cinematic universe and what we liked, what we didn't like, Easter eggs maybe, who knows, all sorts of stuff. But we're going to talk about it. Uh, So if you want to join that conversation after you've listened to this, go to facebook.com slash Bennett Brothers Podcast and hit us up on there, Bennett Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on there at Bennett Bros Pod. Hit us up there. Send us uh, communication. It'd be great. Also, go to BennettBrothersPodcast.wordpress.com to get all of our previous podcasts. If you'd like to listen to our previous podcast on all the DC movies, including Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad, and all the Marvel and Star Wars and everything that's out there. So go there and check that out. Also, finally, go to patreon.com slash better brothers podcast and that helps us out and you can get mini casts there i'm not going to go too long on that because you already know about this but go there and that helps us out if you donate we appreciate it and we love you for it okay all that aside here I'm, we I'm go i'm back i don't know what you were doing for the last 10 minutes but it's okay you fell asleep i get it luckily they fast forwarded all through that but now we're going to talk about the suicide squad the lowest grossing DC movie ever, or at least in the DC EU FU. That's because it was also on HBO Max. That's why <laughs> we didn't. You didn't see it in the theater, correct? No, no. Neither did I. Why? What's the point? You know, I mean, I, it would be cool. I, I, to, what, I mean, let's get this out of it because this box office talk is. Silly. It's so stupid. It's, it's so silly. Stupid. The only thing we ever talked about this that benefits us is if a movie is successful, then then we like the film. We like it to be successful in the theaters because we may get another film that we like that is successful. But we don't get a dime out of this. And there are so many mitigating factors involved with this. HBO Max, Pandemic, Delta Variant, poor poor title choice. Not, you know, it, there's so much reasons why this thing will not be successful. It's so funny. And what is the definition of successful? Because HBO Max has already come out and said this is the highest grossing or most watched thing that they've had on HBO Max yet. Over, um, but it only Mortal made Kombat. thirty million. That's so. Uh, those news articles. Is that twenty twenty one dollars or is that twenty sixteen dollars? Those people, you're so silly. Clickbait bullshit. I think Scarlett Ooh, I Johansson's swear. gonna sue them because of that. Uh, it's so frustrating. Anyways, the movie has been doing well, I guess, for HBO Max, but it has also done critically well. I think this movie has been loved across the board. I haven't seen too many people anywhere writing how they didn't like the movie or it was a disappointment it was loved across the critical board it was given an okay by the general public a b to b plus b to b plus is well on yeah, your I'm rating just, scale I'm, on your rating I'm, scale i'm, I'm going today, by what it's crap, on. i'm but. just saying that's what it is joel what did you think of this movie oh man we haven't talked uh, about it yet so we're going to get into some nitty-gritty details here uh, no, we're not. as as it pertains to sequels and and continuing storylines and things like that. But overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fun. So let me give you a little bit of backstory here. I was not a fan of that first Suicide Squad. Not a fan at all. I thought that movie had problems. I thought the ending of the movie, the murky CGI battle at the end, was very 
bleh. I think it was a meh movie at best. Uh, I give it a D. No, I, it, it, I even though it won an Academy Award, I thought it was one of the. I thought it was probably was it? No, no, it wasn't the worst movie in the DC movie universe because that belongs to Wonder Woman eighty four. <laughs> but it is near the bottom, probably maybe second worst. So I did not, I did not like the first one. So this one, you know, didn't have a lot to live up to. But I thought it lived up to uh, the expectations of a James Gunn directed film of a of a cast that I really I really enjoyed. Uh, I so like this. I think you're this so, is, you're, you're, just so we're clear, you're saying the last one. You said it's at the bottom, but really, you're the bottom. It, but it, but it's still that means it's like the sixth best one. Well, it's because there's only like eight. Exactly. Movies. So no, no, no. I, no I, I'm just saying it, it's the, it's the sixth best squad. one in that scenario. You're gonna disagree with me with me on this, but I prefer. I actually liked Birds of Prey. Better than the first Suicide Squad. I actually liked Batman v Superman better than the first Suicide Squad. I enjoyed again, Justice again, League. All I, I did was enjoyed... ask you, what did you think of this movie? And I you're know, talking no, about another is, movie for the last two well, minutes. I, I, I compare this. I mean, that'd be like, I'm, you don't hear me going, though. Let me compare this to the Marvel films. Let's because talk the, about like, this movie yeah, no, and I'm where talking you about are this movie. with and this movie. And I'm comparing movie. this movie, The Suicide Squad, to the movie beforehand called Suicide Squad, which I think is a very apt comparison, <laughs> seeing as how it's a sequel, reboot, soft reboot, uh, whatever you want to call it. But I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was very funny. I thought the action sequences were pretty good. Uh, I thought the storyline itself, although it has some holes in it, was pretty good, like the character interactions and things like that. Uh, but I have, I do have some issues and nitpicks with the film that we will pick so- shortly. Jerry, what'd you think? I don't know. I don't know what I think about this movie. I have been, I've sitting with this movie now for like four or five days and I don't know how I feel about this film. I saw this film Thursday night when it was specially advanced previewed on HBO max for some reason. So I'm like, well, this will work for my schedule. I watched it. Today's Monday. So I had these two days in between. I've thought about this movie. I've read about this movie. I have gone back and rewatched the extended version of the first Suicide Squad movie. Not the director's version. There is no director's I version. I watched be. it. And uh, and I have a better opinion of that first movie than you do. And we can talk about some of the things that I've kind of thought about after watching the second movie and also having four and a half to five years later on it. This was a good movie. But, and I'm br- I'm bringing baggage to this film. I'm bringing baggage of characters and storylines and stuff from the comic books that I have a great deal of love and history with. I read that book back in the '80s when it came out. Incredible book. I love these characters. I followed it over the years. I don't I don't read all Suicide Squad books because it's been around for so long and they have so many characters. But the original stuff, which is this, is kind of based on. Uh, they did a few things in this movie that I was like, I knew that I going into it, I'm going to bring my own baggage to it, but it's, it, and I am trying to be very aware that I'm like, Oh, I'm, I don't like this. Why don't I like it? Because they didn't do something I wanted them to do for the character or is it because it's bad? And so I don't, that's why I'm trying to be fair to the movie. And we talk about comparisons. Uh, you talked about comparison. I will compare this one to James Gunn's last two films, Guardians of the Galaxy one and two, which are considered, I consider some of the best films I've seen in the last 12 years. Those two films mm-hmm. are wonderful. So he's raised the bar for me way up there. And I think that even though James Gunn has been said to have a free hand on this, I've also seen other things or read other things about James Gunn, especially when he's producing or writing something when he has a complete free hand. 
And even though he kind of did in Marvel, I still think he had the guidelines of the Marvel machine around him making the film and working within the, if you want to say, limitations of a PG-13 world versus here, Disney, uh, Warner Brothers goes, go for it. R-rated, do whatever you want, full frontal male nudity, goriest gore of all your time. You can do all that stuff, go for it. And I think that this is the weaker of the three films he's done. That is uh, very interesting. I agree with you, especially when you're talking about the Marvel having a hand in the Guardians films versus his free. Even though he's never Marvel complained Brothers. about Marvel, he's never said no, Marvel did I, this. No, I, I think it's what's interesting is as I was watching this, I'm I was sitting there thinking I don't ever think they're gonna put any of these Suicide Squad members, maybe Harley, but other than that, in a Justice League movie. Versus having Guardians of the Galaxy, all of them being prominent parts in Avengers Endgame or uh, Infinity War. I agree with you where it stands right now. I would say that the plan was probably if everything had gone right, they definitely would have done that. Mm -hmm. And they may still do that in the future. That would That's what would make this but even right better. But right now, no. We want that continuity over movies. And we've watched a ton of DC movies. And the, well, you that say that again. It's eight movies. Well, is it eight? It's something like eight, two, five, six, seven. Ah, I think I get a seven. Yeah. Don't forget Shazam. I didn't. Don't forget Aquaman. I didn't. So, two Wonder Woman movies. Two okay, Suicide eight, Squad eight, movies. Nine, nine. Two Superman movies. Yeah, I know. A Justice League movie. I'm sorry, 21. Well, yeah, do you count the four-hour version of Justice League? <laughs> I would. I want to. We, we, if you want to hear our it's podcast on that, our glowing podcast on that, go take a listen to that. That was a that's a movie that is yep, it's a movie. Top. You know, I, I compare this to the first movie a lot. Uh, from I mean, for many reasons, it's kind of a soft reboot. But we have to talk about things that the first movie sets up, and then this movie, you know. Kind of does and kind of doesn't. First of all, I mean, we have Idris Elba playing Bloodsport, who is very much a clone, a little bit opposite than Will Smith's character. You mean the guy who has to do it and they hold his daughter and mm -hmm. the daughter's the option and that's his heart of gold, that whole thing. Oh, is yeah. Also, it, it, it's, shoot it's, anything it's, perfectly. The same, it's the same it's character. Exactly the luckily, same. though, I know, it, I know all the motivations are the same. But luckily, they didn't just go, Idris Elba, you're going to play uh, Deadshot. And we're just gonna forget that Will Smith played Deadshot. They were they were like, well, maybe Will Smith will come back for a future movie. And I was like, that that that's I like that. Yeah, Thank you. If you did for something like that. that in Marvel, oh my god, you, you imagine if somebody else played the Hulk, how, how terrible that would work out. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I. But yes, exactly. I get what you're saying. Uh, I, I let me let me guess Jerry's one of Jerry's most hated parts of this movie though that brings it down to it. I don't know what I feel like. The death of Captain Boomerang. Yeah, it does. It really does. You you probably went. Oh, I, I knew it. going into it, I'm like, it could happen. Although I did read, I did read somebody said it was a great line. Oh yeah, he's like, Boomerang's not dead because Boomerang's always come back. That was that was Screen Crush. Thank you, Screen Crush. That was a good line. It was a great but line. But I would, I will say that the damage, I the the baggage and the damage. <laughs> I'll say the baggage, the bag damage, the damn baggage. Uh, what I bring to this is as a love of the book is that Captain Boomerang is always there. He's a comic. He, he's he's dark character, but he's comic relief. He's he's there just like. Deadshot is always there, and uh, Rick Flagg is always there. Although I forgot Rick Flagg did die in one of the very first books, but of course he came back because of comics. And it was literally in he dies in the in the Jondheim built uh, thing from the comics. Uh, but just killing him off and obliterating him and doing it in the fashion they did it, I understand it makes stakes. I guess kind of stakes. I mean, I'm not really worried about Harley Quinn or anybody on that side, but yeah, I, I did not like that. 
I didn't. Uh, I was kind of hoping that they would have been more of a nebulous thing, so that maybe that they show up at the end and he would be like tied up, like they're going to put one of the starfishes on his face and they could come back. But that again, they I, could. I, they I, could bring him back. If I they understand really it. I understand that I bring that baggage to it, and also the character of Rick Flag going out. I was uh, frustrated with that a little bit. But, yeah. but that's my baggage, and so I'm not I'm not dwelling on that because I, I had to step back. I go, does it work for the story? And I guess it kind of does, you know, telling the story that they're telling. Well, it, I think it definitely works for the story in the sense that I thought numerous times King Shark was dead <laughs> because they've killed off so many characters. I'm like, no, don't kill King Shark, and they didn't. And so I was very happy. King Shark, Sylvester Stallone, he was fantastic. I will also say that Rick Flag. Outside of the novelty of him, for me, because I didn't read the comics, but outside of the novelty of him being in the first movie, I thought his character was weak in this movie. Even though I've read online, like, he likes this, this version so much more, I'm like, eh. I thought they already had some much better, I thought they had much better characters with, you know, John Cena and with uh, even Polka Dot Man, to be <laughs> to a degree. Like, Rick Flagg was a, eh, he's there. You know, so when they killed him off, it sucked because he was a transplant from the first movie, but... It didn't really bother me all that much. I wish there was a couple more people from the first movie to be in this, other than uh, those two we mentioned, Boomerang and Flag, and then Waller and Harley Quinn. I wish they would, you know, a Killer Croc or a Joker or anything like that. But you know. having just rewatched the first movie, I'm okay with Killer Croc. Killer yeah, Croc. Killer Croc wasn't it was, as good as he could have been. It's like, it's like, yeah, it wasn't that great. I want the Killer Croc from Batman the Animated Series. Speaking of which, I read this uh, little p- uh, piece on uh, the way things look. Uh, King Shark, actually, King Shark in the comics is a hammerhead, from uh, my understanding. No, but at, at only a couple of times. But they were going to originally. James Gunn said he was originally going to do the hammerhead look, but because the eyes are on the outside of the head, when he was having more interactions one-on-one interactions with people they would have to do like these really wide shots in order to see his eyes and it looked goofy and so that's why they went with the uh i guess you want to the cw flash show king shark yeah. <laughs> so they, they have, they have, the hammerheads is less likely than the other ones actually it's the, the character started as a villain in the super Bowl series and then in the 90s so but king shark was fantastic i thought king shark was was probably on the top of my list of characters in this in this movie what also worked in the movie for you? Uh, Let's talk about what works. In the the uh, Bloodsport versus Peacemaker. I thought the idea that when they first introduced Peacemaker and they said he's the exact same, <laughs> raised by raised by a father from birth to be a, a mercenary and all that. Jer- I laughed so hard. I thought that was so clever and funny that I did not expect just the it reaction of Idris Elba. Yeah, just yeah. a reaction. The fact that he's like, "Wait a minute, I thought we were all unique." <laughs> it was just re- it was. The, ti- the, com- the comedic timing there was great. And then Peacemaker throughout the kind of the whole thing. I really enjoyed when he shows up in his underwear. Like, it was hysterical for me. John Cena was another one of the highlights of it. He was very good. Uh, the- and I'm excited for his TV series, which mm-hmm. is kind of a sequel. Uh, Viola Davis is Amanda Waller. Again, she's terrifyingly awesome. When she, when she yells at one point, uh, what does she say? I forget what she says, but she like actually like screams it. I'm like, holy, holy crap, fantastic. TDK, uh, I think TDK is still alive. We saw him coughing on the beach. He wasn't dead yet. I'm just, but that made me laugh when he showed his superpowers. The detachable kid yes. who's based on vaguely based on a character in the books called Arm Fall Off Boy. It's, it's so weird. It's brilliant. It's, it's so brilliant. Weird. It's so stupid. Um, the music worked. I thought didn't care for the music as much because. 
it, maybe it's a, a knowledge of some of the songs, obviously the other uh, guardians films, if we're comparing it to that, or even to the first suicide squad movie, these were a little more deeper cuts on some of these songs. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't have as much resonance with it. Maybe uh, future viewings will help change that. I agree. That's, uh, that's, that's a good point. Uh, you know, this film, it had that, it had that, that, Deadpool, yeah, Deadpool did it perfectly when he puts together a team and they all die, right? They, Deadpool two did that perfectly, and that's what that. That's this, a really good point. Did that this undercut film, this a little bit? The film tries to do the exact same thing in the beginning. Yeah, maybe that. Ew, I didn't even think about that. That's under now. I'm now I'm reevaluating why it wasn't so. Maybe it's undercut that a little bit. Oh, interesting. I haven't read about anybody talking about that either. Here, well, here, her, here for books. So what else worked for me? I, I think Starro worked for me for the most part. So here's a here's a but okay. Well, I'm going to go to a plot hole that I have, Jerry. I want to see if you, you know, can. Answer I thought this. we were staying with what works. Okay, what works? Let's stick around with what works. Before I, we I jump thought the away character then. of Ratcatcher Two worked. I liked her. I thought she was kind of like the heart of the film, and I thought she, I, I you know, she was really a grounded character within the film, working with Idris Elba. So I liked her character. That being said, her superpower is is really one of those superpowers that if used correctly is one of the most dominant superpowers there can possibly be and i was like why didn't you just send all that city of rats into the building to begin with and destroyed everything and you would have never had to risk anything because there's a billion rats down in that uh that city which is which is a comic book city correct yes uh corto maltese is a fictional island and it's been around for years in the comic books, and it's been referenced in other DC movies, including the original Batman, uh, when Michael Keaton's talking to Vicky Vale. He's like, oh, I read your article on uh, Corto Maltese. And, and so, yes, it's 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 very similar to uh, Madripoor, which we just saw in Captain America, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All right, a couple, uh, two more things that I think really worked. S- sticking with Ratcatcher, Sebastian the Rat was fantastic. Was fantastic. He's waving like uh, Kelsey, my wife. Watched you it like and rats? She loved it. Well, I, well, I don't like rats. I hate rats. But domesticated rats, like those, those are adorable. This is weird. So, so Sebastian was fantastic, and finally uh, Harley Quinn. I thought Harley Quinn. You know, she's Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. She's done such a great job with that character. I, she's one of those people that I can't really imagine someone else playing that character, and that's a, that's good casting, that's good acting. And I thought she was solid. She was funny. They incorporated stuff from Birds of Prey, which was really nice. And her character keeps growing. In fact, I think a lot of the DC there's you have Batman, Superman, but then you have the Harley Quinn storyline through DC because she's been in what is this the third movie or the fourth movie? Third third movie for her so she's she's kind of a mainstay uh she's been in more dc movies than joker so <laughs> in, in this uh cinematic universe so i thought she did a really good job so those are the things that i think worked what about you james gunn put together a, a very slickly well put together film uh, the comedy aspects that did work were great rat catcher too her relationship with her father, who had a, was a cameo by Taika Waititi, yeah. I thought was, was fine. Nice. And it's interesting. I liked I like Rick Flag, and it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a really different storytelling dynamic and a film dynamic. When you even see that scene where he's standing there coming out of the rubble or wherever he's doing, right next to Peacemaker and Bloodsport, and it's like three large dominant characters. Each one could be the leader, and some of that might actually affected your Rick Flag. Uh, 
yes, purpose because absolutely. you've got this other lead. Like in the original Suicide Squad, Deadshot is ne- Will Smith is never the leader of the team. It's Rick Flag. He's kind of and it's just and I like that. I like that he's just one more member of it. Where Bloodshot is being designed to be the leader of this. And you've already got a leader, but he's coming from a different position. He's coming from the jail, the the, the warden's position. And I think that's it, it, it's so different and so unique that I really enjoy that. I don't like the fact that he has to get killed so that we can go forward with it, but whatever. <clears throat> that's all that worked in the movie? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, again, the characters, uh, the different ones. I loved the beginning how, unfortunately again, through the fact that this movie took an extra year to come out because of the world, you know, and you had enough time to rethink about and analyze everything. It, it's designed and set up so that you're thinking that the character at the beginning of it, <clears throat> whose name is escaping me Michael right Rooker, now, he is, plays... Somebody uh, with an R. Yes, Michael Rooker plays Savant. Savant, yeah. That's why I said R. Duh. No, he's designed that you look at it and you're like, oh, he's going to be our point of view character. And so we're following him, and then it turns out that obviously he's just more cut and bait we have to have somebody show that you know every one of these movies every one of the suicide squad books have to have somebody who has to have the 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 explosion in the neck has to blow up because we have to know the stakes also the book always has somebody betraying the team which is what pete davidson's character did at the beginning and he's blown right away it's I, I liked all of that, and I liked the pacing and uh, the, the general story. The Starro part was good. The Thinker, played by Doctor Who's Peter, Peter Capaldi, I thought he was great and fantastic. I didn't think he was and great at all. I liked I that we saw him in the. I thought we saw him in the past, and he had you know less things in mm-hmm. his head. I I liked that. It was very Jokerish to me, and the fact that Joker was not the main focus of at least the version that came out at the theater of the Suicide Squad. I liked that the Thinker was just another comic book character that could have been played. The character could have been anybody, but they said, let's go with a comic book character who has a unique look. We don't necessarily see him utilize any kind of powers per se, but I really enjoyed that. The Milton sequence Mm -hmm. was wonderful. Very that's, funny. That that's a Harley been, Quinn bit. That, that, that was, might have been the really funny. funny in there. I thought I thought Bloodsport was really funny in the movie. Is he still with us? You know, it was just really good stuff in there. Uh, I have ish, I have issues with Harley Quinn, and we could talk about her as a whole other section here, and we could talk about what doesn't work because I think she does a really fine job, but she's not. You know, when when you made the statement that she's, you know, she's the the the, the perfect one, like she's the only one who can mm-hmm. play it, kind of. Kind of, I'm like, get out of here. Arlene Sorkin did the voice for years, and she was the voice of that. <sighs> Kevin and Conroy did the voice of Batman. I know, it's amazing. It, doesn't make it, him the best Batman. No, no, but it's it also it also version. doesn't mean that nobody else can be him afterwards. I'm not saying you kind of did. You kind of like you kind of said like, no, I thought the, they cast she's her the perfectly. For I do, it. and then but then you did say that. Uh, you know, you know I'd, hard, I'd be hard to see somebody else play that. You actually said that. But doesn't mean someone can't play it. I'm no. just, I'm just saying. I think she's. I know. I'm really saying, good I'm saying part. she's fine. But versus I, I, Will Smith is Deadshot. Like they almost catch Ezra's elbow. Well, here, I'll, okay, okay. So you know, I'll shift a little bit. I mean, we'll come back to more, more things that work in a bit. But I was reading an article about some things that didn't work because clearly this movie is struggling for a lot of factors, and you can't do it completely going, well, it's because of HBO Max and it's because of COVID. It's like, no, no, it could actually have problems with, with the movie. And um, some of these points I thought were very interesting uh, that I thought they were, on a broad level, they actually do make sense to me. Which, that one, one, one point was that Idris Elba isn't Will Smith as a name. I guess that's true, but I guess I'm not really focused on that so much because I know who Idris Elba is. Uh, the point of James Gunn, not, his name doesn't mean nearly the same as it does for fans as it does to 
everybody else who knows it. You know, mm-hmm. the Aunt Lindys of the world, as we like to call it. You know, nobody knows who, who's James Gunn. That means nothing. I think the fact that they called it the Suicide Squad, and you know, it, it goes back to like nineteen or twenty sixteen's Ghostbusters. Marketing people, they think, well, if we put the or we don't do that, it's like when you don't change the name enough and the other movie, although successful, has uh, since fallen on harder times with people's love of the film. People don't know, like, is this the second? Is this the first? That whole blah, blah, blah. As soon as you had the same four actors show up from the one movie to this one and they acknowledge each other as knowing each other as when Harley Quinn sees Boomerang, she says, hey, Boomer, you know, like, that's great. You know, so... So you have a mess there. It should have been called something other than the Suicide Squad. Uh, one argument saying people don't care about this franchise. Eh, that might be true. Um, the unnecessary R rating. Could they have made this a PG-13? Uh, yeah, you don't have to be. I mean, The gore. I wanna, go, that's a whole other the gore I wanna, thing. Is, I want to chime in real fast with the gore because I watched this with my wife. She was not a fan of the gore. Every time she's like, ugh. Like, it was crin- like, she did not like it. The gore factor of it. Uh, it didn't bother me, but it didn't enhance it for me. I mean, yeah, some of the shocking stuff, like when Pete Davidson's character gets his face blown off. Yeah, that, that, that I like. I like that shock factor, but for the most part, like it was really gory for just gore's sake. Yeah, and another thing about that, I think what happened. I think this. I think this hurts movie. Uh, Jason and I, we had a lot of conversation about you know, where we were at with the gore with this. And the movie tries to get, it wants its cake and eats it too. It's like, it has these scenes of extreme gore and violence, but they're played lightly. They're played for comedic mm-hmm. effect. Even when it's the characters at the beginning who some of them were kind of like interested in, it's so gory, but then they kind of like, well, <laughs> you know, it's the King Kong Skull Island smashing from the top. Who gives a damn? But then, and then later on in the movie, we're supposed to be concerned about Ratcatcher 2 and, and Bloodsport. And so like, wait a minute, why do I, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're trying to have both sides. Guardians of the Galaxy movies never go to the farcical. They yes. never went to that. You know, if there was damage, you could have comedy. You definitely have extreme comedy, but you never go to the farcical where this movie feels like, you know, people are, are just kind of like, oh, well, he, he blew up because he was a blood bag. And and that also comes down to, I, I read a, a, a brief thing. We we're talking some of the people who work for the UK film board who do the ratings over there. Verse, and it's very similar to the MPAA over here is let's say you have the same movie. If you have a movie where some guy's head explodes over here or something, some, somebody gets exploding and they're dying on the ground. The same effect in two films. If the first film is Suicide Squad where it happens and it's like, it cuts to like, oh boy, a woo, and all that goofy stuff like that, it's, it's fine. The board goes fine. That's, that's gory, but it's done in a comical, lighthearted way, even though it's graphic. But if you were have the exact same scene but have another character go, oh my God, no, you know, and just, just have passion behind it, that the ratings goes huge and it's 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 not the gore itself it's the reaction in the film and i thought that was like that was the first time i've actually actually read somewhere where somebody called that out from the ratings group like that's how they decided it's almost dealing with um therapists and psychologists and saying well if you see this it's going to have you see the same effect in two different films but one is being reacted like oh my god that was my son you know like some terrible thing like that versus you know oh well he's gone you know, I thought that was really interesting how, it, you know, like, one is done for this way and one is – and this movie tries to start here but has its moment of, no, but it's really touching over here. It's like, mm, I kind of feel like you set me up so that I really shouldn't care about anybody. Huh. No, I mean, I, I agree because that's why I said the gore, I think, was unnecessary. 
and you know the scene when they yeah. go through and they kill all of the quote unquote good rebels yeah and it's funny but it's it's like disturbing and her and and then and yet she's and the woman who's the head of the the, the gorilla she's like you know she basically she, you killed all my men all these people i love all right well it's no big deal it's like are you kidding me mm-hmm. you know, they are villains i mean they do like for instance weasel right weasel's a fun character but they they go oh he killed like 26 children or 17 children or whatever that number was so then you go Oh, if he dies, he dies. That's fine. Like that's a that's a terrible, terrible thing to have happen. And they're trying to show that was also done to design because he seems more like an animal. If he jumps out and just dies, mm-hmm. it seems like the, you're going to get the exactly. Uh, you're going to get exactly. the SPCA after you. Like you yeah. killed an he animal. Die, so it's like I know, but they, but they was designed that way because they knew when they wrote that line, they said, "Listen, people are going to think we just killed a dog. We have mm-hmm. to do this." A werewolf. Yeah. Uh, two two things, Jerry. That uh, did you want to see Javelin use his power, throw his spear? Well, that was so Jerry. That was so funny when he goes, when when he's talking to Harley and he never finishes what we, what he said. I thought that was brilliant. Another Harley moment that made me laugh out loud. Well, but that, the Javelin that, using the Javelin to go into the eye, I thought that was weird. Like, did she need the Javelin to jump into the eye? They show it later, and it looks like she broke through with the Javelin. But mm-hmm. when she jumps through, she kind of just goes through. And I thought that was a weak spot. I was like, maybe, oh. maybe I know. I thought about that too. Maybe the javelin in her hand was the inspiration. She's like, maybe I should jump in because I've got this. Yeah. So that okay, was, that's yeah. good. I like that. Thank you. That insp- It was an inspiration. She didn't need the javelin. Okay, that yeah. works for me. Hey, the good. final two things I was going to finish on my list. Oh, okay. There was the yeah. one was the DCU is damaged beyond repair. I don't agree with that, but I guess some people might think that. Uh, as far as the marketing. And then the number one thing that this film might be working against it, I thought this was good, and I I bring this up because it was back to what you said, is the number one thing is Harley Quinn isn't as popular as Warner Brothers thinks. Oh, I I agree agree with with that. that. I think that they're like, look at this character, this empowered character who starts here behind this terrible man, the Joker, and now she's over here. And and I mean, it's a nice story and it's a nice journey, but having rewatched the original Suicide Squad this weekend... I liked her character in that one because she's crazy. She's insane. She does. I mean, it, it, it's it works in that first movie. That's the Birds of Prey. Uh, you know, I, I've watched it once and I think I've seen a couple scenes, but I've never watched it again. And I have no desire to. This I've watched one, it a couple times. I think it's good. But again, you're right with the most people don't love Harley Quinn as much as Warner Brothers. She's going to be big. And you could, you could see that me. probably with the box office numbers or any numbers from Birds of Prey. That didn't come out during a pandemic. Yeah, Nobody right saw Birds of Prey. Yeah. Uh, the, other, the other thing I want to point out, uh, one thing that really bothered me was how predictable Polka Dot's death was. Yeah. I, I, I'm sitting there going, oh, he's going to die. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here's that camera shot. And... I know it's, it's, it's like, the same oh when, when people God. back out into a street. Here comes the car. Mm-hmm. It's gonna hit him. I mean, I remember when I saw the trailer for this, and there's the scene where he goes, "I'm a superhero." I watched the trailer, and I'm like, "Well, he dies probably right after he mm-hmm. says that." And sure, as soon as he said it in the movie, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, I was absolutely guessing that correctly." He seemed because they didn't. I don't feel like they really explored his character too much. They did, but he seemed like the perfect he seemed like right out of the kind of the first movie where he was just a character going along for the ride versus everyone else seemed like they had much more stakes peacemaker bloodsport harley quinn king shark like they feel like they were bigger than polka dot man here's why i think polka dot man works and i should have said that i, I do think he works is because uh, beyond the the actor who did a wonderful job and who actually was in marvel Ant-Man. the the dark knight with heath ledger he yeah, was he's also an ant-man there. 
I was going in the DC universe no, and fair. stuff like that. Um, but he, what I think works about it is that, first off, the whole mom stuff and what he sees, mm-hmm. very funny, mm-hmm. very funny. But he's designed as such a throwaway character at the very beginning of this. You Even saying the name, and you, if you showed all these people, you would think that he was going to go before TDK went, before Jav went, before any of that, because it, it's designed to just go. And the fact that we, we warm up to him and on this journey mm-hmm. with him and everything, I think that his death actually hurts that, because I think at that point people were like really loving the character. I agree. Oh, no, yeah. I totally agree. Again, I like the character. I just thought it was incredibly predictable the way they killed him off. Yeah. Like, it was I know, I agree. so predictable. Yeah, James that Gunn being said, said he... they, that's what I thought happened to King Shark. I thought King Shark died when he got sucked under by the weird fish. And I was like, ah, they killed King Shark. But no, he comes back. And I was, I was very happy that King Shark did not die. Yeah, James Gunn's come out and said that actually one of his original ideas, they were going to kill Ratcatcher 2 at the end, but he pulled back on that one. Uh, and he did feel that the... Uh, the scene when they went and killed all the people, all the rebels, he said that might have been like Warner Brothers executives went to him like, yeah, you might have gone a little too much here. And he's like, yeah, maybe I did. <laughs> yeah, but it did like Peace, uh, Peacemaker and Bloodsport having their rivalry together at that point. And it is a very important scene with the smaller bullet because it comes back to play later. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the mid credit scene where Weasel's still alive is there as a mm-hmm. joke. Although I've heard, yeah, yeah, you've heard the same thing I've heard. Um, but the uh, having Peacemaker at the end, I'm watching this movie when he quote-unquote dies. I'm like, they got a Peacemaker season already shot, and they've got a second season coming out. So I'm like, there's no way he's dead. I'm, I'm excited. Peacemaker, I, he was, again, John Cena was a highlight in this movie. And I read it somewhere that originally it was supposed to be Dave Bautista playing that part because obviously Dave Bautista is friends with James Gunn. Uh, but Dave Bautista had problems with his scheduling. He was ma- he was making uh, Army of the Dead. Yes, time. he was making Army of the Dead. Dave Bautista could have played it well, but I thought John again. You you, you talked about the farcical. The comedy from that character is very funny to me. The whole starfish is a butthole thing. Like that's really the way he delivers those lines when he's standing there, Jerry and his tidy whities. What is that racist? Like it was so funny to me. It was, and he's designed to play off of Idris Elba's blood sports normal person yes he's supposed to be our person going into this rick flag kind of was too but he's a little bit different obviously you know the 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 other idea of this being a reboot versus a sequel it's a sequel it's a sequel but rick flag is shockingly different but again four years have gone by people change and everything obviously in the first movie he's still with june moon the enchantress and there's that relationship that's not the end of it all, but they're, they're uh, boomerang is boomerang. Uh, you know, he's again, again, the flash movie coming up multiverse of mm-hmm. uh, that, that could bring everybody back to life that we want to. And here's the other thing about boomerang. I want to say, I love the boomerang in the comic books so much that it's, I, I maybe I overlooked the fact that Jay Courtney, he does a fine job. I'm not in, in the first movie. I wasn't ecstatic with his character portrayal, not his acting, but just the movie itself, how he was done. So I wasn't like, oh, I loved him so much in that first movie. How could you kill him in the second one? I liked his, the idea of Captain Boomerang, and I kept wanting them to eventually turn him more and more like the book. And so to not see, be able to see it go that direction, that was what really frustrated me. But it, had, it was more about the book than the actual design they did from the first movie, which, again, going back to the first movie, I and after after five years or whatever it came out, in uh, in having seen the trailer park cut version where it's all the music and the cuts and all those songs that are in there, 
I would like to see the director's version of that first Suicide Squad movie oh, to yeah. see a darker, more consistent, less flashy one. Because the flashiness that was all exciting and hot four or five years ago, that part I don't need anymore. I'm done with that. Like let's let's get to what these characters are doing. I think uh, I think there's even I think there's a movie in there that Joel eventually will say, okay, yeah, now it's a C plus. So. Maybe I would like to see it again. Justice League was a. Mu- I think Justice League, the Zack Snyder cut, is significantly better. Absolutely, significantly. You know who we haven't talked about, Jerry? Mongol. Mongal. Mongal. Yeah. What a waste. <laughs> In and out. <laughs> Wait, that's all we have to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. Nothing at all. The the supporting staff around Amanda Waller. I, I kind of was like I like that they're not they're from all, the comics too. Yeah, I know, and I went and looked back on that, and I'm like, oh, I guess it is, I guess it is, but you know, we'll see if them show, showing up in Peacemaker. I'm assuming we'll see a few of them in there. The guy who played the main John, the main guy who was the one who blew up Savant's head and everything, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He was the Taserface's funny friend who was one of those uh, guys who kind of gets killed at the end, but he was... Geth? Something like that, yeah, and he was also... The he wore the the King Shark suit on set, so he was actually doing that, and then they obviously CG'd him and put in Stallone's voice. So he's a close friend of James Gunn as well. And James Gunn brother did the mocap for Weasel, but we also see him on ca- on camera for a few seconds. He's playing Calendar Man, a character that we see in the background, a Batman villain. Yes, that's awesome. I love Calendar Man. Why? Because he's so st- he's actually. Calendar Man is in Batman Arkham City. There it City. is. I was wondering if it was and a video game. He's thing. just a, like a character that's in prison, but it's just cool that he exists in Arkham City, and that's kind of why I like him. So, yeah, he's a silly character. Well, it's like the voices, like Sylvester Stallone did that. D. Bradley Baker of the of the Clone Wars Bad Batch voice did Sebastian. Like, yeah, <laughs> okay, <I saw> that. <laughs> he did the rat. So. After talking about it, I think I do appreciate the movie a little bit more. No, I appreciate I, it a little I, bit less I, I th- actually now. <laughs> so, really, I'm sorry to say that. I mean, I like I, I I'm I think it says I'm coming to terms with some of the characters dying, and mm-hmm. and that I mean, you you brought up the interesting point about dead, dead Deadpool two and how that may have you know when they're that. on the plane and they're all talking just like this movie when they're on the plane and all talking like yeah. it's the exact same thing. It really is. That, that's 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 fascinating. Yeah, but again. I think the movie's worth seeing. I think it's really well put together. It's. I don't think it's the best DCFU film. No. Uh, it, it's such a mixed bore bag in there. Is it better than the first one? Yes. Okay. It is. But there are parts of the first one that I think work better parts of it. But yeah, this is better film. This film, in the Joel's ranking situation, is it, it's it's better than what's what's actually make it simpler what is better than this this is this is better what than, is better than this well, man of steel yeah wonder woman mm, i'm not sure yet the first one i know you're not sure yet i like that one but i might like okay. this one better uh, see i'm turning uh, on this you'll, you'll movie disagree as we're with talking. this I'm, I'm actually switching to the end you're gonna go and hate this movie i'm gonna end up like ju- this uh, justice league the Zack snyder cut that might, that's probably better yeah i think this is on par with Shazam and Aquaman. And Batman v Superman. And Batman v Superman, yeah. God, Batman v Superman should be such a better film, but I hate <laughs> Lex Luthor so much in that movie. I hate the portrayal of that character, and he's the main bad guy, and I hate it so much. Because <laughs> that movie, that, that's like, that movie, like, if Lex Luthor was different and he was more comic book accurate and not just a crazy loon loon, like, that movie could be so much higher on my list of movies. 
I would agree with you. Yeah, and so, then below that is obvious. Then below this movie would be Shazam. Suicide Squad. Uh, Shazam. Wonder I, well, Woman Shazam's two. on the same level as this movie. Wonder Woman I like two. Wonder Woman eighty four. And Aquaman. I liked Aquaman, but you didn't like it. I liked show. Aquaman. It's just not as much as I want to like it. You know, I would definitely put this one above. Is that, that all one. the films? Are we missing anything? Uh, if we don't remember it, we are. I mean, I guess it. I guess there was. I guess we can include all the CW shows because they no, do we have can't. The, I don't yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can because the, fla- want, the not, Flash nope. from the movie makes an appearance. No, in those it, TV they, shows. they just announced in the last episode that it was actually the actor oh, wearing nice. a costume, <laughs> so it wasn't really him. Because then we can include Titans in there, and then Doom Patrol, and oh God, get kill me now. Jerry can talk about the new Superman Lois show, or I just finished the first. No, it's not over. I'm caught up. I've still got two episodes to go. Why am I talking? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know. I I, I think uh, any more detail on this, I think we kind of got our feelings on this. Again, these podcasts are more about parts that stand out. I'm mm-hmm. sure when we, we're done talking, we're going to be like, oh, we forgot to talk about uh, Harley Quinn's weird part with her, the love romance line. When she shoots for, him? Yeah, for five minutes. That was this weird little oh, I didn't like Oh, I didn't like that whole scene, but her shooting him was fantastic. Yes. No, it was. The villains, the, uh, the Starros, the zombies... All that was was fine. I mean, it's not as comic accurate because in the comics, it's not R-rated in the comics, so the people get the, the, the Starro's just fall off their faces. So when Starro is attacking Jerry, where's Superman? Where's Wonder Woman? I'm not doing that with you. <laughs> I'm not doing that with you. Where's Aquaman? It's a starfish. You should be able to talk. I think Starro <laughs> is an interesting character in general. The fact that it has, it's like, I just like floating in space and looking at the stars. Like, that's kind of tragic. <laughs> yeah, but that's also not true. The Starro, the conqueror, because he is the conqueror. I mean, I don't know why they did that. Because yeah, he, he, the, the character in the books, again, it's a race. So maybe this is one, because again, every time they destroy a Starro in the book, there's always another one. It, it's Its whole purpose is to put out those little versions of itself so it can conquer stuff. So that felt like it wasn't doing that anyways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was great. I, and I love just the idea that we went, oh, we're doing a movie with Starro the Conqueror. This is the guy who did, you know, the talking tree and the talking, or and the rat and the raccoon. So props to him for pulling in. I remember just sitting there looking at the film going, with the Starro and all the people have the Starros on their faces. I'm like, God, look at this. This is crazy. I love it. I love the fact that this is a thing now. This is something that was in the comics. If you had told me even... Ten years ago, I'm like, get out of here. You'll never do it. Never do it. They did it. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> hmm. What was with the birds? What was with all the hatred of birds in this movie? Well, the birds came back, and the bird eats Savant. Yeah, but then they burn all the birds in the it's cage. birds and... of prey. I don't know. No, I think Ooh, it, it has, to do, with, it has have... to do with captured prisoners and things like that. Bird in a gilded cage. It's a it's symbolism. I mean, we can get we can get. There's the symbolism of, you know, they're prisoners and those birds are prisoners. But she's it, it, it's it, there's a lot of that going on, which I do appreciate. We could get into the metaphor, but boring. <laughs> it's a boring metaphor. <laughs> it is. This is fun because my opinion got a little bit better. Joel's got a little bit worse. We kind of switched a little bit. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. This may have been the best film I've seen in years. I'm not sure. This might be my most favorite film of all time. Oh, well, good, good. <laughs> it's not setting the bar too high, but all uh, right. What? What? No. It's no Scott Pilgrim versus the world, but it's something. It's no Coming to America too. And speaking of coming back, join us again when we'll be doing a podcast for Marvel's What If, which is days away. Crazy. Multiverse done right. We shall see. Thank you. Let us know what you think of the Suicide Squad. Uh, I do know that uh, 
podcaster and friend Tim Curtis had come out and saying that he felt that this movie redeemed Idris Elba, Idris Elba's performance in uh, Cats. So thank you, Tim, for sharing that. I'm just going to take his word for that because there's no way I'm watching Cats. <laughs> well, it's all come circular because in Cats they had to remove all the buttholes and it's a starfish. So think about that. And if you know what I'm talking about, you need to get a life. All right, guys, join us next time. Uh, this was the Suicide Squad, and I'm the Jerry Bennett. And I'm the Joel Bennett. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>